Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Over the past few days, I've watched a few important videos and read a few equally important articles. One video is from Tom Hughes in which he states, it's about to get ugly. And uh, by the way, anything I mentioned like a video or something else, I've got links for these at the bottom of the transcript. So if you're listening to this, uh, you'll want to avail yourself of the transcript for the links. So Tom outlines why he believes things are going to get ugly. And, and I think it's worth listening to. He also did a brief follow-up video that's only 15 minutes long. I also read through an article from investigative journalist Leo Homan where he speaks of the coming civil war that he believes America is likely going to experience. Homan offers suggestions about what we should be doing to prepare for the upcoming problems, problems that are actually occurring now and will certainly grow. Now, we, we allow and even encourage people to gain access to this country illegally. No longer do they have to come in through uh, the proper channels. They can just walk into the country and they're given a number and some cash by Border Patrol because Border Patrol is told by their bosses that's what they need to do. So these people who illegally gain access to this country bring their mindset that they had when they lived in their own country. They refuse to assimilate, which puts them at odds with America. They're not here to blend in or to become part of the fabric of society. They will, they will do what they want to do with the mindset they have. Uh, so then when federal or state or local governments start giving handouts to those who are illegally here, they begin to think that they deserve what they're getting. Why is this allowed? I mean, no other country, I couldn't go to a country like Mexico or someplace else and then just walk in and be welcomed and be given a number and then handed cash and whatever, put up at a five-star hotel. That wouldn't happen. It's stupid. It's asinine. It's an insult to everyone who came to this country legally. But why is it allowed? Well, first, it helps break down the traditional fabric of American society. And second, it gives the left more Democrat voters. Third, it will eventually bankrupt America's financial system, allowing globalists to replace what was with CD, CBDCs in order to gain full control, or of, control over us. So out with cash, out with checking accounts, in with CBDCs. Everything's going to be electronic. It's like a debit card on steroids without the debit card. This is what Schwab means when he says that we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. They literally want to take everything we own today for themselves. And that's technically, it's called technocracy. And we'll get into that in a future episode. But let me keep going here. As Homan reports in his article, many of those people illegally in the United States, they create gangs because they were from gangs. They're criminals. They're not sending the best from these other countries. They're sending the worst. So they're here. They get together with their own people. They create gangs and they start attacking Americans who have lived here peacefully all their lives. Homan notes that riots and protests occurred recently in the Netherlands between two Eritrean factions. I believe that's in Africa someplace. 
Fires were started, violence occurred, what, summer of love maybe, as some would probably say, or mostly peaceful. Well, a sympathetic protest, which also turned violent, was held in Charlotte, North Carolina, in the U.S. In both cases, people were called in as well as fire officials to deal with the problems. Now, this mentality will likely spread throughout the U.S. the more people come together who are illegally here. And in another recent post from the Absolute Truth website, the author there talks about a book written by Peter Schweitzer called Blood Money, Why the Powerful Turn a Blind Eye While China Kills Americans. Now, the title sounds rather alarming and even quote-unquote conspiracy theorish, right? But one of the things the author points out is that besides the nearly 60,000 Chinese nationalists, give or take, who have slipped into the USA through our open border system, which has no door or gate or fence anymore, many of these individuals have access to what is called, among other things, an auto-seer switch. And that is a small metal device known also as a Glock switch that can convert handguns into machine guns. They're illegal for most gun owners in the U.S., but of course they're shipped in boxes by the thousands from China. So there you go. China is into it and they want to accomplish something. Wonder what that could be. Well, apparently these Glock switches placed at the back of the guns, and I have a picture of that in uh, the transcript, um, they turn Glocks into full auto machine pistols. Who knew? Now, of course, these switches are completely illegal, which means law-abiding citizens can't go into their local gun shop and simply buy one, but criminals and uh, Chinese nationalists have little problem obtaining them. In fact, Chinese companies that offer them for sale on the internet and ship them deliberately mislabeled. So they're called something else when they're shipped for customs. So apparently, according to Schweitzer, he says, quote, the Chinese government is sending the auto seer switches to sow chaos and death inside the U.S. as part of a disintegration warfare strategy, unquote. And, you know, to that I have to say, our elected and installed in government officials seem not to care less. So what do we do? Well, Holman has some serious suggestions. So I would encourage you to read the article linked in the transcript. There are things you can do to make your home and person and family more secure. He also talks about potential coming food and other shortages. That again? Yes, that again. It's coming. It's been warned about for a long time, but it's, it seems like we're finally getting to a point where there's no going back. It's rather obvious now that globalists and their puppets are making so much noise about ending farming and wanting society to move uh, to eating bugs and fake meat from getting to eat real meat and all that kind of stuff. They're not going to give up unless they're forced to do so. And the only reason they're going to be forced is if people stop complying. I don't mean that we need to go out there and be lawless. I'm not saying we need to uh, take up arms. I'm simply saying all you have to do is say no. That's where it starts. Well, it seems clear to me that God has abandoned America because, quite frankly, we have abandoned God. 
we left him first. And that can clearly be seen by just how bad society has become. This is so much like what we read throughout the book of Deuteronomy, where Moses recounted Israel's history and prophesied about how Israel would in the future turn from God to idols after getting in and conquering much of the promised land. Now, even though America is not Israel, I know some people think that we were created the same way Israel was. I don't, I don't buy into that, but I do believe that we started off kind of on the right foot in spite of the fact that um, our founding fathers were a majority of deists, not Christians necessarily. But even though America is not Israel, there are parallels highlighting what happens when a nation or a person deliberately turns from God. You can see it. Romans 1. On a somewhat related note, um, I've been spending some time reading books from early church fathers like Eusebius and his ecclesiastical church history, and it amazes me what he talks about and how bad things got for early Christians during the first and second century of the Roman Empire. Now, the Roman Empire was not founded on biblical principles, and yet it look how long it lasted. And in spite of that, because it wasn't founded on Christian or biblical principles, it had no problem persecuting Christians. Well, this is what our country in America is becoming. It's turning into where there's going to be an increase in political persecution and religious persecution. And I'm not sure that we can really fully appreciate all that was happening during Rome's day. But if we look about it, we can see, yeah, those Christians, they were persecuted directly due to their faith in Jesus. That may also come to Christians in America like it's coming to our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. But another form of quote-unquote persecution that Satan loves to use is from the criminal element who like to make the best of situations and attack innocent people who simply aren't paying attention. It is often unexpected. And most are shocked when it occurs because they don't expect it. Start expecting to see an uptick in violence throughout society. And on a related note to that, with all the talk of upcoming food shortages as well as supplies in general becoming more difficult to get, people will become desperate. I don't know, honestly, what the average person is capable of doing if they can't get a hold of the food they need to survive. But I expect that the average person will do things they might not have thought they were capable of doing when it comes to feeding themselves or their families. People are not going to willingly starve to death. It just isn't going to happen. We would all like things to return to normal. I just can't picture that happening. And I do hate to sound like an Eeyore, but in reality, things seem like they will worsen because of the constant push by globalists who believe they are masters of the world. They're already telling us, for instance, farming needs to stop. Net zero with carbon needs to happen. And they're doing some of the most asinine things like blocking the sun's rays. We just learned that Bill Gates' experiments in another area with GMO mosquitoes that he released has created a devastating situation in Brazil with a serious rise in dang fever. Gosh, who knew? But no worries because the pharmaceutical companies will be right there to produce and provide a new vaccine that will be said to be 
oh, probably at least 95% effective against dang fever. Okay, it's all about money. And if people die in the process, that's okay too. So when Klaus Schwab speaks of, for instance, stakeholder capitalism, speaking of globalists, remember he is talking about himself and his cronies who continue to enjoy the fruits of unchecked capitalism under their lords versus serfs society that they want to create. That's exactly what they want to do. Many of this generation's young people now will blindly go along with it because they know nothing else. They don't have, you know, all the years under their belt of living and studying history, knowing what happened. They, they're, they're preoccupied with their phones constantly. That's their reality. So they'll go along with this. Now, in spite of the way things are building toward destruction and build back better, quote unquote, people want to continue with the normalcy that they've always had, unwilling to realize that this may not ever be possible again. I mean, this normalcy bias that they have is keeping them from making plans and doing the types of things that we should be doing to preserve what's left of our lives. In short, they are not in the position of being able to use critical thinking skills based on what is actually occurring throughout society today. They think they need to do nothing and just ignore it and it'll go away. Well, if you consider that the Bible is filled with examples of God helping people while expecting them to make an effort in return, it's a good reminder for us that we too need to work hand in hand with God. We can't simply sit back and say, okay, Lord, you deal with it and I'll be over here. How many times did Jesus say to someone, rise up and walk or go and wash in the pool of Siloam? He directed them to participate somehow, to do something. Or when God told Moses to stretch his hands over the sea and then it parted or to strike the rock and then the water came out. Moses had to do something besides just believe. Yes, it's God's power and it's faith in God's ability, but we are in partnership with God. We follow his leading, but the key here is to follow actively. Now consider Deuteronomy 29, just that one chapter. There, Moses continued talking to the people, reminding them of God's goodness, his miracles, and how he saved them time and time again. Yet in spite of everything that God did for Israel, the Israelites often quickly turned from him to partner with cultures they were supposed to wipe out. And the Israelites would then even backslide into worshiping that culture's idols in direct defiance and rejection of God's commands. And then we get to Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 4, where Moses recounts what God had done for the Israelites, and then he states the following sentence. He says this, Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear to this very day. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Have you ever noticed that verse stuck in there before? In spite of all the goodness poured out by God on the Israelites, Moses said that God had not given them a heart to perceive, eyes to see, or ears to hear. And we can assume that he's referring to spiritual things here. Is there a better definition of willful blindness? The Israelites didn't seem to care. 
When things were good, oh, they were fine. They turned to God. God was great. But the question is, why didn't God give them a heart to perceive, eyes to see, or ears to hear? Even after all those years of wandering in the desert and showing himself faithful to them, why? I believe the reason is due to the fact that the people of Israel simply did not seek those things. They didn't want a heart to perceive. They didn't want eyes to see. They didn't want ears to hear. The history of the Israelites and Deuteronomy is a great historical recounting. It's definitely worth the read. So the history of the Israelites is a record of people who often neglected God, his promises and his ways, and often rebelled against him, deliberately chasing after idols of other cultures. The people of Israel wanted the miracles, but were unwilling to actually enter into fellowship with God by deliberately and actively following him from the heart. They all wanted the blessings without having to work, quote unquote, for any of it. They didn't want to put the effort in. So instead of panting after God as King David had done, the people of Israel were fair-weathered about God. If things went well, wonderful. Oh, they were on board with that. As soon as things got difficult, many to most wanted to walk away and or even kill Moses. They could not stand up to any form of difficulty that came their way. They would cave in through fear and become reckless and irrational, disobedient and rebellious. They didn't know what it meant to actively pursue God. This is the chief reason, I believe, that people overall had hard hearts, blind eyes, and deaf ears, spiritually speaking. Had the people shown God they were serious about him from their hearts, I'm sure he would have replaced their hard hearts with hearts of flesh, which he promises to do in the future, by the way, giving them spiritually alert eyes and sensitive ears, allowing them to fully perceive how the Spirit of God is moving. They didn't have those things because they were simply not interested in pursuing those things. So that leads us to you and me. Do we have hard hearts, blind eyes, deaf ears where God is concerned? Do we want to have a heart that perceives his movement and direction with eyes that clearly see it and ears that hear the soft nudging of the Holy Spirit? It is not automatic. We, like the Israelites, need to prove to God that we are earnest in wanting these things. If we do not take him seriously, he will not give us those things in return. And it takes effort on our part. And I believe today, and I'm not just saying this, I fully believe it. I believe it is extremely important for authentic Christians to have these things hearts that perceive, eyes that see, and ears that hear in the spiritual realm. Without them, we will be constantly troubled, vexed, fall down, fall short. We will grow frustrated and even angered by what we consider our or even God's lack and his shortcomings. Why isn't he helping us? Why isn't he doing this? What does God want us to do? We will be unable to see God's measure of blessing in our lives. We will instead give way to worry, fear, and anxiety. And that is where we will live. I know we will. 
That one statement by Moses stuck in that huge paragraph of information, Deuteronomy 29.4, can easily be missed. But we need to focus on it. We need to understand that God wants us to have a softened heart, one that is able to perceive spiritual things, and eyes that perceive spiritually, and ears that hear. We need to show God that we also desperately want and need those things so that as we face increasingly difficult days ahead, and we will, with spirit, vision, and hearing, and hearts to match, we will grow in victories day by day, going from strength to strength, Psalm 84, 7. This is what God wants for his children. And I think the only question to ask yourself is, what do you want? What do you want? Well, I thank you so much for joining me. And I pray until we meet again that God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 